Good evening. My name is Tim, and I'm an alcoholic. It's my privilege to follow these men before me. I hope, like you, I've, um, I've learned some things that I'm going to leave here with tonight that are going to be in my memory. The title of my topic is, How Do I Know I've Done a Good Job with the Seventh Step? When I first looked at this topic on my sheet, it became pretty clear to me that I could probably sum this up in a real, real simple statement. Something like, it seems the reasonable answer to this question would be simply to state that a seventh step well worked will result in the lessening and eventual removal of my obstacles to a God-centered life if built upon by honest commitment and application to the rest of AA's 12 steps. In other words, death to a self-centered existence and rebirth into a life infinitely more satisfying than my drive for security, prestige, and romance could ever provide me. Amen? As I read about the experiences of those that have come before us and uh, have laid this foundation, I've become excited about the possibility for my own life. As I read how the failure and misery were transformed into priceless assets in, in what is described to me as God's economy, by the application of this step, I experience hope and purpose and, and assurance that even the most shameful things in my, in my experience can somehow benefit others. It seems that the application of this principle has got to be a slam dunk. It's like a no-brainer. But if that be the case, why do I fight so hard at times? You know, I learned how to be who I was over a period of 25 years. When I put alcohol in my body week after week and year after year, that's how I learned to control my world. I could be anyone I wanted to be. I could avoid anything and anyone I didn't want to let in. I lived in a fantasy, and all my dreams of accomplishments, I was at the center. I retreated into this world out of the overwhelming fear that I learned how to survive, and I would have to be content to continue on in this cold and shallow existence. I believe that I would have continued on in that existence had it not been for the fact that it was killing me. There was no desire of my own that came about that made me want to have sobriety. It was the simple fact that I could not go on that way anymore. So it was out of that sheer instinct for survival that I arrived at a place that I now know is step one. Uh, in fact, I don't even recall having any hesitation about that step because I was so acutely aware at that time that I was dying. And as I, I look in, in, in the text of both steps six and seven, this is, I'm told, is my infancy into humility. Um, the seventh step is described as the process of developing more of this precious gift. So the question is, how do we become willing? If I go back just in a quick review of the steps, the, the simple wisdom contained in the 12 steps is amazing to me. The second and third step come about from our honest self-appraisal that we do in step one. This God consciousness, no matter how small in the beginning, no matter how faint, uh, emerges and we become willing to look at the painful truth of the wreckage of our past and the flaws in our character that certainly threaten the precious gift of sobriety. Then in step six, this process by which we remove beyond the self-centered objective of bargaining how much we can hang on to and remain relatively comfortable without sacrificing too much. And then in step seven, this humble request to be removed from the bondage of self, to, to abandon the emptiness of self-centered desires in favor of a life of purpose and usefulness directed by God. The unfolding of this process that begins in the first step makes perfect sense to me. It's flawless in its wisdom. Therefore, the fight is not with, with my logical mind nor in with this spirit that the 12 steps and the principles here have awakened in me. The fight is simply that fear of dying, that dying to self. And how can I be sure that if I sacrifice all I know and I've been comfortable with, how do, how do I know that it's going to be better? See, at that point, those questions are about me playing God. The proof of the application of step seven in my life is therefore my willingness to be led towards something bigger than me 
And if I tell myself that absolute willingness will eliminate discomfort, that's simply not true. That's not what's quoted in the text. The crazy thing about this transformation is that I've experienced, the more I, ex I experience the result of humility, humility, the less I fear pain because I, I, I experience the results is good. Something good happens in my life. And I become less fearful of the thing that I was so afraid of all my life, and that's hurting. Nowhere is, is the shaping of this step more apparent than in my marriage and raising of two stepkids. Some of the men know here know uh, that I was married for the first time at 41. My wife has two kids from a previous marriage. I've never had any experience with marriage or kids before. You know, talk about a lion's den. That's, that's what it was like entering into it. And I had no idea. I couldn't conceptualize because I hadn't had experience before I went into it. And I've experienced both the resistance and the humbling of allowing God to show me blocks to my, use, my usefulness in what he has given me to do in this marriage and in this family. The seventh step is described as about a transformation of attitude. That's what it is in my life, how I'm allowing God to, translate, to transform my attitude. One that seeks humility as a necessity for guidance and moving out of ourselves toward others and toward God. So I've, I've, crafted, I've crafted four simple questions that I got out of the text that um, hopefully will be able to help us answer this question about are we applying this step. Number one, of the glaring handicaps you found in your fourth and your fifth step, which of these are you asking God on a continual basis to, in, for help and being rid of? What opportunities are being presented to you currently for moving outside of yourself? And how are you responding? As men, we often define ourselves around issues of security, prestige, and romance. How are you giving those things to God? Do they have less importance in your life now than they used to? And then lastly, if you were to list those qualities you would want others to know you by, how does your life measure up to those things today? Thank you.